Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, your home for discussions and debates about all things animation. Each week, we'll rank, review, and revel in animated shows from yesterday and today, and from around the world. So grab your acne slingshot, set your mobile suit to autopilot, and put on your mouse ears. The Animation Station Podcast begins now. What's wrong? Have some trouble? Yeah, but I already took care of it. And you're too late. You missed the show. Tetsuo, you had me worried again. I figured you'd be standing here sobbing like a little baby. Kanita, you've always been a pain in the ass, you know. You've been telling me what to do since we were kids. You always treat me like a kid. You always show up and start bossing me around, and don't you deny it! And now you're a boss, too, of this pile of rubble. Kaneda! That's Mr. Kaneda to you, punk! All right, everybody, we have a special treat for you today on the Animation Station Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and joining me, we have a renaissance man of sorts. We have voice actor, mentalist, author, keynote speaker, and general entertainer, Mr. Joshua Seth. Yay! (laughs) Cue applause. For me! Thank you! That was quite the intro. So, True, of course. So, Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing incredibly well. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Had a pretty relaxing day at work, so it wasn't too stressful today. Good to know. I'm sure the listeners are thrilled to hear this also. Oh, yeah. They know where we work, so... How are you, listeners? Oh, you can't talk back because you don't have a microphone! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, let's go ahead and just kind of start this off. Let's uh, give me a uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself. So, yes, who is Joshua Seth? <laughs> yes, well, I didn't know, know we were going to get so deep so fast. Um, <laughs> I'm a I'm a being of uh starlight and limitless potential, as are we all. But uh in this human form, I'm uh, I'm known as uh, he who has given many voices to many shows. Uh the once and current tie Ty on Digimon. Um, that's what brought me to most people's attention. Those people that yeah. know of me through voice work, um, and then uh, and then I decided to leave Hollywood and tour the world doing a, a live show about the the mind, and uh, and then write books and do speeches. And now I'm back doing the voices again because it's fun. And they asked me. Awesome. So there you go. Now, how did you what? get into the, oh. the the voice acting work? Well, um, depends how far back I want to go. I mean, when I was a kid. We didn't have TV in the house because uh, I had kind of hippie parents, both psychologists, and they wanted us to read books. And when I would go for other types of entertainment, it would be, um, it would be like cassette tapes or like like tapes of old time radio programs, the Ovaltine Hour, you know, or uh, Shadow Nose, the Lone Ranger, these sorts of things. 
So that's kind of the entertainment that I grew up on, even though it was generations previous to my age. I just didn't really watch television. And then in addition to that, when I was in high school, my father, had, he was a radio psychologist, sort of like Frazier. He had a, a show where people would call in with their problems, and he, being a psychologist, would attempt to resolve them on the air. And sometimes I'd go and hang out in the radio uh, recording studio at the radio station. And so when I myself went to college, I went to uh, Tisch School of the Arts at NYU in uh, in New York City. They had a radio station there, and I thought, oh, that, that's familiar, and I can do funny voices. And this is a strange big city coming from a small town in Ohio as I was. And it just seemed like uh, a good fit. And I started doing a radio program there. And by the time I graduated, uh, I had not good enough reel to get myself an agent in Hollywood and, and then was able to start doing voiceover. So it, it came, it was a it was all of those, like everything in our lives, everything connects together, but we need a little time and distance to be able to see how those dots actually do connect with one another, but they do. Awesome. So how did the, uh, how did you actually getting into the voice acting, like what happened there? Like what brought, um, what brought it to your attention? Oh, well, uh, I saw a movie. I saw the original Akira, which I later voiced Tetsuo mm-hmm. in, or I mean, to say it correctly, it's Akira, but the first version of it, the streamlined dub, it was Akira. So I saw that in a little art house theater in Greenwich Village when I was in film school, and it, it just blew my mind because it was so beautiful, and the themes were mature, and I just felt like this is going to be the future of animation. And I love Bugs Bunny and what counted as edgy animation prior to that you know realize this is like decades before something like adult swim yeah and it wasn't even a thing yet and i saw this and thought wow you know i'd like to get involved with this plus i already had that burgeoning demo reel from my radio show oh i I forgot to mention that it was so late at night i didn't really feel anybody was listening to this (laughs) radio station so i would call myself doing voices and harassing myself so i would be the straight man and then I'd call in, you know, can we listen to some klezma music? And, Man, this is a college radio station. And and I, so I had a reel of like a hundred different voices that I was doing just to be silly. So it was really a cure that made me think, hey, maybe I can use this to be in the animation world. And then some years later when uh, Pioneer decided to revamp Akira and redub it, and I got the call from Kevin Seymour to voice Tetsuo you know everything just came full circle and that was awesome and remains probably the favorite thing that I've voiced to this day in in terms of quality anyway yeah because I know we did uh to kick off our anime series that we did last month that's a pun exactly we worked really hard on it (laughs) by that we literally walked by a hot topic and there was a crunchyroll thing and it said anime and I was like let's steal that uh but yeah we did uh Kira to kick everything off and it's still even even now like 20 plus years later, it's still fantastic. It still looks on, good. Is it on Everything's Netflix, good. Hulu? It's on something. I uh, it's on Hulu. Right and listen, dear listeners, uh, whenever people are on Facebook or Twitter or what have you, uh, and they say that they are fans or that, you know they like this or that show that I voiced, many times I ask, have you watched Akira? And they almost always say no. So you can't call yourself a fan of anime, not for real. If you haven't seen Akira, wouldn't exactly. you agree? Like I, I completely agree. Seminal. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, a sort of a foundational pillar of the genre. Yeah, my uh, my co-host Gavin, he hadn't seen. I think he had seen it once before, 
but we went and they, we finally watched it, and he was blown away. He thought he was amazed at how good it still looked. He was like, "When did still this come is out? right? Yeah, it still looks fantastic. The music, yeah. visuals, all of it. It's uh, a masterwork that I am proud to have played some small part in. Uh, yeah, you you're fantastic. And, we, and again, we talked about that on the episode that your voice, like, still. I remember, like, the first time I heard you was Digimon, and you were probably the first voice actor I kind of connected being a voice actor with, because I was like, huh, huh. His, his name is Josh, and, like, my name oh, right, is Josh, right. so, like, huh. I think being, you know, yeah, like, when that, like, first popped up on, uh, I've been back on Fox Kids, back in the good old days, and I was like, oh, man, I, I, I like that I used guy. to promo Fox Kids because of Digimon. Next, you know... Next Saturday morning on Fox Kids, or and then later on Kids WB, yeah. or even later than that on the CW. See, I just kept pitching my voice down, but I did those promos for years as well, which is a pretty good gig. You know, it's interesting that you even knew what my name was because there wasn't an IMDb or yeah, we're so old. There was no interweb back then, so you had to like freeze frame your VHS tape to see who had voiced. Anything would flip past the screen so fast that nobody knew who the voice actors yeah, were. Yeah, I don't think I like. And honestly, like they, the way they used to do it on Fox is they would put it at the very bottom and it would go like really quick, and you would never get to see all of it because they would be playing uh. the preview for something else. So I think the first time I saw it was actually on the Digimon movie when it was on the big screen, and okay. I was like, ah, yeah, that was that writing the voice that that original. Now we've done four movies, of course, but that original one we had the premiere at. Fox and they sent the limo and did the red carpet and all the press and it was my uh, it was my little Hollywood moment out there. <laughs> that and the and the I got to do that for the uh, SpongeBob movie as well. But for a voice actor, that's pretty cool because we spend our careers in little soundproof boxes without any audience feedback, and then to be able to go to a premiere is and, and meet people. You know, that's why I like showing up at Comic Cons now. I actually meet people that know your work and enjoy it and. You know, and interact. Uh, that's it's so different than the work itself, which is done in isolation. Yeah. Now, what's been one of your favorite voices to roll? Wow, roles to voice. Words are hard. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's English. I've been studying it for uh, most of my life. I think I've lost my accent completely. <laughs> so keep working on it. Uh, the favorite voice. I mean, I mean, I've done a lot, but. It's, it seems like the easy answer, but the real answer is Ty, because that was really the only role that I did where I didn't try to put some sort of affectation on my voice. I mean, even right now, I'm being silly, and I'm, you know, I'm just sort of sliding in and out of you know, different vocal characterizations and such, and I just do that all the time, and it's annoying. But uh, with Ty, I made a conscious effort to just highlight that aspect of my personality that that would be reflected in his crest of courage, as it were. Like, we all have different aspects of our personality. And as soon as I saw in the audition the the cell, the visual of Ty, I, I put my body in the same physical pose, and I was like, okay, I know this. I know this. This is like me as a little kid. I remember I was, there was a, actually, I don't think I've told this story. It just came to me right now. Um, my little brother was being picked on, and there was going to be a fight. And I, we were standing under this tree outside our elementary school, and I stood there with my fists in that sort of high pose and stood up for him. And the other guy backed down, and nothing happened. But like I felt that rush of adrenaline and energy and courageousness. And come on, guys, let's save the world, coursing through my body. 
when I saw Ty and thought, okay, I, like I know this character I'm going to draw from my own personal experience instead of just being silly. So yeah, it's my favorite because, I mean, not only is that the thing that gave me a career in voiceovers and that most people know me for, but also it's the closest to who I am as a person. I like it. That's, and thank you for that exclusive story. You got a scoop. <laughs> now, you, you uh, did... Josh and Josh, though. <laughs> oh, no. Um, now, you did... Um... I swear. You you retired from voice acting um, back in the mid two thousands, and you went on to become uh, a mentalist and a magician. So, what really prompted that turnover from leaving the the voice acting industry in in going and pursuing uh, these other fields? Well, I'll tell you, Josh. I can tell you in metaphor, or I can tell you in actual story, or in rhyme. So, I will tell you in metaphor. You ever prune? Anything, <laughs> a tree, uh, a, a grape vine. At one point I had like enough of a vineyard that I felt like I could bottle some wine, some of my own grapes and, and, and wine at, at, over the holidays. It was tiny. I can't call it a vineyard. Right? But I did have like, like some, some uh, apparatus constructed in order to grow all the grapes. And the thing is they shoot off in every different direction. And if you don't prune them to go in the direction that you want, you never get the growth. Uh, of which they are capable. And what had happened in my life was it needed some pruning because I was spending all day in recording studios in Hollywood and all night, I kid you not, all night in the, on the weeknights and also on the weekends doing a certain form of magic called mentalism, which is like experiments with the mind, effects with the mind. Uh, there's a place called the Magic Castle up in the Hollywood Hills where I'd perform on the weekends where I'd do celebrity parties and events around LA or I'd fly to Vegas for the weekend and do a, a corporate show or something and come back and, and voice stuff all, all day. And it, it took me about seven years until I had any measure of success in voiceovers and the same amount until I had any measure of success in the sort of magic and mentalism world. And then for five years, I wrote out that success in the early 2000s until I felt like I was going to have a heart attack and die from exhaustion, from burning the candle at both ends. And I needed to sort of prune my life back to the point where I could fully devote myself in one direction or the other. Because uh, I was, I was uh, sacrificing growth for um, diversity of direction. Like these two were not synergistic, these two uh, modes of creative expression, because as I got more successful as a live entertainer, I had to leave Los Angeles more. But the more I got in demand as a voice actor, the less I was able to to do that. Mm -hmm. So I just decided I've already done the voiceover thing. I've already done the Hollywood thing. I've always wanted to tour sort of like a, like a comedian, you know, doing club dates. I've always romanticized that. I, I liked uh, Steve Martin when I was growing up. And if you want a good book recommendation or audiobook, it's uh, born standing up by Steve Martin's fascinating uh, insight into the life of a road comic. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to live that life. And I sold my house uh, in LA and Burbank and I finished up my commitments for the season, and I left. And for a couple years, um, I lived uh, right across the street from the beach in Santa Barbara. Just is about 100 miles uh, up the road from Los Angeles. Just far enough I could get back if I needed to, but I could fly out as well. And then maybe uh, a year or so into this, it just became obvious that touring was going to be my life for a while. And then I continued doing that. I've been fortunate enough to tour to about 40 different countries, I've played every kind of venue from casino showrooms to 
the largest cruise ships in the world to uh, theaters and college, hundreds of colleges. And I even performed for 25,000 people in the Mandalay Bay arena to kick off a conference in Las Vegas and just, just all kinds of amazing experiences touring and traveling. And while I've been on the road, I I wrote some books uh, about the power of the mind. The current one is about focus, about mental focus. And now I speak about how to use mental focus to go deep with an idea to be creative and to be innovative because I think people have unlimited amount of creative capacity and ideas within them, but for one reason or another, they don't stick with them long enough to put them out into the world and get any benefit from them. You know, maybe they have, they can do great voices for their friends, but they don't really focus on that talent and follow through to the point where they can have a career at it or they have, they could paint, but they never put the brush to the canvas. So, Nothing ever happens. So, you know, the speech is really about how to focus your mind on the good ideas, eliminate the distractions that uh, tie up our time and s- slow us down and keep us from fulfilling our creative potential, you know, and, and put something worthwhile out into the world, as you are doing by having a podcast, <laughs> really. You know, you're a maker. Thank and you. We, we, and we all can be and we all should strive to be because we all have that uh, creative and innovative Potential. I think it's just lack of focus that keeps most people from doing it. Now, do you draw a lot of uh, a lot from like your your parents' experience? Because you, you said that they were both uh, psychologists, correct? Yes, yes, still are. Um, it, it helps to give you a certain frame framework for looking at the world and and your relationships, and it's kind of a roadmap. Having your own personal philosophy or way of breaking things down intellectually, so you're not always emotionally ping ponging and reacting to external stimuli yeah that's handy so um so you now, now you do like the keynote speakers and everything like that um hopefully i'm gonna try and get you in with uh my current company i sent them an email so hopefully maybe they can get in touch with you nice nice and i do i do talk about the voice work in the keynote speeches too because uh, you know i'll give you another little uh insight as it were uh in the speech i talk about innovation and and Shifting your focus in order to look for solutions uh, in a, from a different angle, you know, in a way that others aren't. Mm-hmm. And in my early years as a voice actor in Hollywood, uh, I would look at the script and make choices based on what was on the page, which is what everybody does. It's what they teach you to do. But what I found is people have similar life experiences and they're drawing from similar cultural references, so they tend to make similar choices. And when I took an idea from left field and applied that to that actorly process of making a choice, then I started to win auditions. And like I told you, I was, with Digimon, I, I took a story from my own personal life and used that to inform my work instead of simply assumptions about what was written in the script. Other times, uh, I was and still love to read Harry Potter out loud and do all the voices, and I would take those really well-drawn characters maybe drop the accent or change the age or something, but keep the backstory in the back of my head and use that to inform uh, the vocal characterization that I was using to audition. And I would just take an idea from here, from there, from unexpected places and apply it to that process. And it you know, really helped to broaden the field of possibilities. And I mean, that... That's the that's the crux of the of the keynote speech is what you think of as problems or ins, insurmountable obstacles only are that because you're looking at it the same way as everybody else. 
Awesome. Now, um, are you finding it a little bit difficult? Like since you started doing the voice acting again, um, have you found it difficult to kind of juggle between uh, everything that you're doing now and going back into the voice acting world? Actually, now it's really easy because I sort of cherry pick gigs and I'm not, if I were living in Los Angeles, that might be a challenge because there's so much opportunity and then you start going to parties and meetings and, and auditions and you have to make judgment calls as to how you use your time. But since I don't live in Los Angeles and I have to fly in to do a gig, I don't audition. I just show up to do, you know, lately it's Digimon Try. Uh, so that, you know, it's just another gig. Instead of doing a show or a speech that day, I'm doing a, a, a role in a, in a movie. Uh, so it's it's been great to be back in it again. Honestly, I thought after all those years out of out of the recording studio, I might be a bit rusty. But after you've done something I, for that long, I, I think I did voiceovers for around ten or twelve years. Uh, after you do it that long, I think it, it just becomes a part of who you are. So I heard those beeps in the headphones, and boom, off and running. And, and the recording sessions for Digimon Try couldn't have been smoother. Now, you're going to be at Anime Expo this weekend, correct? Yes, yeah. So uh, what are you going to be doing there? Do you mind telling the listeners what you're going to be doing? Well, I'll be watching the premiere of the movie for the first time right along with everybody else. Oh, nice. So I, I, when I record it, of course, I'm seeing everything out of sequence. I'm just seeing the scenes that I'm recording as they're queued up for the session that day. So I don't even know how it's all been cut together and mixed down. So that would be exciting, and it'll be particularly interesting to do a Q&A afterwards with the fans because the questions that they have, I'll only have had answers to in my head, you know, right then and there. Uh, and then there'll be autograph signing and photos and those sort of opportunities after the Q&A. So that's all uh, this coming Saturday. I don't know when you're coming out with this, um, when this podcast will be released, but that would, this Saturday is... Uh, July 1st, 2017. Yeah, this this is coming out June 29th, Thursday, June 29th. So if you're listening Boy to this so, or in the yeah. area, definitely go check it out. Because, yeah, that's the – it's the – is it the world premiere of uh, yes. Digimon Try Part 2? Part 3. Part 3. Part 3. I don't know what happened to Part 2. Part 2, to uh, part two? <laughs> I believe you can get it on Amazon, but they haven't yet to do a theatrical release. Ah, oh, gotcha. Okay. And they just skipped to 3. So uh, if they ask me that, that question, I'll have to defer it to the production team or the publicity team. But that's uh, that's outside my purview. And then if you can't make it to that, or you're not in Los Angeles, uh, check with your local Anime Con or Comic Con because I am doing more of these throughout the summer. I'm doing uh, Icon up in Winnipeg next month as well, and I think a couple more. Or just suggest me to the organizers of your con, and I'll come by. Sometimes I even do a, a live show. Uh, the mentalism show while I'm there, just depending on what their schedule permits. Oh, sweet. Now, uh, where can all of our, like on social media and everything, like where can all of our uh, listeners check you out? Yeah, uh, well, my main website is joshuaseth.com, and all of the links are there, of course. And if you're interested in learning voiceovers yourself, I'm just starting to put this together. I'd like to start doing one-day voiceover intensives. Uh, it really would have helped me to have someone honest and experienced guide me. Probably would have saved a few years 
uh, shaved it off my learning curve initially myself. So I'm intending to do those around the country, definitely in New York and Los Angeles. But if you go to joshuaseth.com and you click on the voiceover tab, you'll be able to put your your email in there, and then you'll be among the first to know when those dates are announced. And those will just be small, one-day intimate intensive things. Anyway, and also if you go to the voiceover tab on joshuaseth.com, you can see uh, a video that I made that sort of details the whole trajectory of my career uh, throughout many, many di uh, different anime and animation uh, properties that we haven't even mentioned today, uh, as well as uh, just demo tapes uh, that kicked off my career, my original animation demo, for instance, you can listen to there. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm pretty active pretty much every day on Facebook. If you look for Picture of Ty and my name, that's the fan page. Uh, also on Twitter at joshuaseth.com. And the Instagram, I'm just kind of... Uh, bouncing back and forth between all those. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll put all of those links uh, in the description in the podcast. So if you have your iPhone or whatever, you can just click on that. That should launch you right there. Um, you yeah. can find all of the uh, podcast episodes on iTunes and Stitcher or your favorite podcatcher. I guess that's a term. Uh, you can also go to our website, animationstationpodcast.com. You can follow the show on Instagram at animationstationpodcast and on Twitter at animatepodcast.com. Also go to our Facebook, which is Animation Station Podcast. Um, you can find me if you want to, you know, I don't really do anything. But you can definitely follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Josh L. Kane. Please tell me that you have a little choo-choo train sound playing behind you whenever you say Animation Station. Choo-choo! Oh, see, that that was originally going to be one of the ones. Uh, we had multiple intros pulled out. It was like, pulling into the Animation Station... That was one of yeah. them that we had, but we kind of went with uh, the TV theme instead of the, uh, yeah, because we were like animation. Maybe there's train. a train. But we don't know what's playing on that TV logo. It could be a train. It could, could be. be a, yeah, we could have huh. some uh, Thomas. For um, your younger listeners, or our older listeners who still remember Thomas. Oh man, Rightio. Well, thanks for the opportunity. This was a blast. Oh, thanks for coming on. So again, for the Animation Station podcast, my name is Josh. And my name is Joshua. And together, we're Josh and Josh Squared. Exactly. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com, where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. Look at the address. Huh? He's at the telephone company taking over all the phone lines. If we lose our phone connection, we're finished. That's the only way we have access to the Internet. I've got to warn everyone. All circuits are busy. Try again later. Oh, great. It's busy. Mimi. All circuits are busy. Try Come again on. Later. How could that be busy, too? All circuits are still busy. Don't tell me. Did you hear me? What? It's busy. I'm sorry, lady. All the phones are dead. That Digimon did it. Not a single call can get through. Huh? Hello, this is Ty. Hello, did you program me? <laughs> it's Infamon.